You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. Welcome back. Uh, th- this is Chase, and uh, joining me today is Troy Oldham, um, the founder and race director of the Cash Grand Fondo, and and I should also mention a I guess a, a former board member for the Cash Chamber. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And um, yeah, I've worked with the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce for quite a while, and uh, as a board member, and just and, and a member for a long time. Well, you know, I could I could go down your your bio. We we won't do that uh, necessarily today, but but you've done a lot for the valley. Uh, you, you're so involved in the community, um, and have done a lot to give back, and um, and and in so many positive ways, and and and. For our purposes, we're going to talk about one of the things that you're working on. Um, you know, before we jumped on, um, we were talking about everything that you're doing at the high school and and your involvement in sports and in the community, and, and you're just so involved. Um, so we're lucky to have you here in the community. But in particular, wanted to talk about um, the Grand Fondo. Um, you know, at, at this point in time, you know, we're let's see, a week, week or two away. You know, past past the race. Yep. Um, and this year is a little, is very different. Uh, it's probably an understatement for how um, how that race came together. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how did the race go in in the age of COVID. Uh, but but first of all, how are you doing? Um, considering everything that's been going the lot on the last few months, how are you personally? I'm really good, Chase. Thanks, and I appreciate it um, being able to do this. I love Cash Valley and. Um, I've lived outside and, and gained a great appreciation for how much this place and special it is. And so um, for me to come back is great um, and be here. I've been, we've been here, we think about this the other day, we've been in the Valley for um, almost, uh, almost 20 years um, back. <laughs> so, um, but no, doing great. Our family's doing great. We're, you know, the, um, being an educator when the Corona um, uh, pandemic hit and the shutdowns happened, I was also, you know, a head coach um, for lacrosse, which is newly sanctioned sport in the state. And, and I've coached lacrosse for many, many years. And, and, um, and to, to have just that huge disruption of having, you know, the thing that I love interacting with the students in class and on the field and suddenly having that taken away um, was, was kind of tough. And I didn't realize how hard that was until we started to get a chance to kind of come back a little bit more. And we, we had a little mini tournament with the, with the lacrosse kids. We were able to kind of interact with some of the other players. And, and um, I'm, I'm helping coach football now. Um, uh, hopefully we, we get a season. <laughs> Sounds like we will get something. Um, and, and once you start getting and interacting with uh, the kids again, it's just like, wow, I, I miss that. I can see that was a big part of probably my own mental health. Um, and I felt the same way with this bike event, um, not just for me and the volunteers, but for the riders. Um, and, uh, the smiles, the, the, the thanks, the, the really kind comments afterward of, of, you know, thank you for putting this event on and giving us a chance to ride together again and maybe race and compete within our groups and stuff was, um, was a, was a really, really kind of a big bump. And so you ask how I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of feel like I'm in a little bit of a high right now. It's been, a, it's been a good week. Um, we've been cautiously optimistic, um, post event and we're, monitoring you know all sources to 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 see if we can hear of anybody that may have may have gotten sick or um or suspected something and we haven't heard anything so um our hope is that uh 
you know, we had zero, zero transmissions and that was our goal from the very beginning. So. Well, it's a really interesting time, uh, you know, right now, well, yesterday you you had your first NBA scrimmage, scrimmages, right. Um, yeah. you've had, um, MLS, um, that, that just started back up. Um, women's soccer has been playing down in, down in Harriman, uh, professionally. Uh, so you're starting to see sporting events come back. Um, and I think everyone's kind of holding their breath just, just like you are right. Um, yeah. trying to figure out how are the, all the procedures that we're taking, you know, the precautions are, are they enough? Are they working? Um, and, and it's just been interesting to see through this whole experience, how, important events and sporting events in particular are, are for, for us as people. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I think for, for cash Valley in particular, um, events like this are so significant. I mean, we, we could get into whole conversation regarding, you know, uh, university athletics, high school athletics that you're involved in and then kind of private events. Uh, well, not private, um, you know, private, privately put on, events like the cash grand fondo, how significant those types of events are for a community, our size. Um, so maybe you could go back a little bit and just share what does a normal cash grand fondo look like and, and what was the history of that? And then maybe what, what was the difference this year? What did you have to do to adapt for those who, who don't know about the history of the race and the Definitely. course and, and what, a, what a grand fondo is. And when people hear grand fondo, they're just like, what does that mean? So, mm -hmm. so, so, at the very definition of Grand Fondo, it's a it's an um, it's an Italian version of a ride, and Grand Fondo means big ride. And um, the the um, the history of a Grand Fondo is it came out of Europe and Italy, where there, where cycling has just been so successful. But if you and I wanted to go and ride in an event, in a big event, there's no way we could. We'd have to be a category one or two. We would have to be an invitational type of a thing. Um, and so they felt like we, we, we spent all this time and money setting up this grand event. And then we only send like 300 riders on it. So why don't, why don't we do that? But then let's open it up to the public. So a grand fondo has a race component and also has a recreational component. And in Europe, these grand fondos, uh, some of the grand fondos that are in our series, the, the UCI grand fondo world championship series, they'll have 12,000 riders, um, 14,000, 8,000 in, in different, different areas. And, um, and so what we've been trying to create here in Cache Valley with the Cache Grand Fondo is that same type of a feel. Um, each year we, we grow. This year we didn't. <laughs> if I were to net out the total register and then had our refunds and our deferrals, we would, we would have grown. Um, and take this whole pandemic thing off. And I think we would have significantly grown. But um, we last year we, was our biggest year. We had um, almost 1,600 riders that were here. Um, some of them were racers that came from all over the world, literally, um, to race, to be a qualifier, to go to a world championships. And then um, other clubs and teams and individuals and families um, that all came in either, either road. And we have four, we have four distances. We have a 35-mile course a 50 mile course, a 75 mile course and a 100 mile course. And so depending on what you're interested in doing, you can kind of, you know, pick from the menu. Um, so for instance, like we specifically designed our 100 mile course for people who are training for Logan to Jackson and, and about mid July, they need a really good, hard, um, century that has some climbing in it. And so we, we shoot them up to Weston, up over Weston Canyon to Malad, and then back down and up over. And that, and that's become a kind of a fan favorite for people who are training for Logan to Jackson. 
Um, if you've never done a half century, that 50 miler is just sweet. It's flat, gives you a little bit of a hill, come back to a support station twice, and then you come back. And, and so, so, um, we've seen a lot of success in it. The riders have told us it's one of the, one of the best events in the state. Um, we were, um, ranked number six Grand Fondo in the entire North America by an organization called the Grand Fondo Guide that, that has been around longer than we have. Um, it's a media group out of the UK, um, and um, and so we think we've we've felt a lot of success from it. So that's that's sort of the what the event is and what it was like. Um, this year uh, we had to make some significant modifications, and and probably the number one was to pull the race component out. And we didn't want to do that. It was actually forced upon us when the World Championships were canceled. So um, this year was going to be the first year that had the championships in North America, and it was going to be in Vancouver, Washington. So we would, or Vancouver, I'm sorry, British Columbia, we would have been the closest qualifier. And so that would, that, that is really significant because that means as people are competing throughout the world over the year, if they don't make the cut, they go to another qualifier. And so even though we originally had like 350, 400 people signed up for that, we knew we were going to see a huge spike in May and June. And even the first part of July, because because we would have seen people coming for that, but that didn't happen. So we pulled the race component out. Once we pulled the race component out, it changed the way that we structured the event. In that, we were no longer had to have a mass start, and to have a mass start means you have to have a mass gathering. And under the COVID restrictions, you cannot have a mass gathering in a in a yellow situation. So by taking that race po portion out. It, it helped us. It helped us there. The other thing it allowed us to do was because these rides were recreational, um, we were able to open it up instead of having it be one day, have it be two days. And then we scheduled um, start times and we asked the riders to go on and schedule a start time that would work for them um, anytime between 5.30 a.m. on Friday and about 10 o'clock on, on Saturday the following day. And so people did that and they were really great about it. And they some of them were like, hey, this is great. I, I, can, I can come up and ride on Friday, and it's, uh, it's normally a, an off day for me, or um, I, I don't like to ride in the crowds. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable coming on the bigger day, which was Saturday. And so we, we did that, and then we limited the number of people in those start times to no more than 45. And actually, the average is about 35. And the reason for that was because of COVID guidelines saying no more than 50 people should gather in one area. Um, so we did that. And so instead of having one day of events, we had two days and we had, I believe it was 56 different start times. So, um, and, and so, you know, logistically that was a little bit difficult to do, but it worked. The other thing we had to do differently. And one of the, one of the areas that we have a lot of success, we've had a lot of positive feedback in is our food, our support station. So normally a racer, they carry everything on their body and they don't even stop at support stations, right? They may have a bottle that gets handed up to them. But um, one of the traditions of a Grand Fondo is that you have support stations about every 20 miles and you just turn them into a mini party. So you have tons of food and drinks and maybe you have yoga, maybe music, stuff going on. And you keep people in the support station for a little while so they can see their friends. And like we had yoga one year and people were doing little yoga stretches and then they get on their bike and take off. Well, this year we couldn't have any of that because our support stations had to be grab and go. We didn't want people accumulating in a park in Newton and having 400 people in that park. Cause I, I was also have to be sensitive to people we're taking to these smaller communities. Right. So, um, 
So we had to change up what we fed them. Everything had to be prepackaged. Um, we couldn't have, you know, like the, the, one of the favorite foods of the riders are these awesome little pink donut holes that Lee's does for us. Um, and people just love them because they're like little sugar pills. You pop one or two and then get back on your bike. None of that. No cut up bagels, no open string cheese, no peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that people could make. And so we had to go, everything had to be prepackaged. And, and so that, that, that changed the structure, but it also, it really, it really increased the, the costs. Um, and because of having all of those items, I could just put out a big five gallon cool igloo and put water and Gatorade. In. I had to have 500 bottles of water and 500 bottles of Gatorade. So, um, but that all seemed to work well. The other thing we asked, um, we did is we gave every rider a mask. Um, we're recognizing that everybody, you know, probably has their own mask, but we want to make sure kind of remove any excuse of not having masks. So as they came into the packet pickup to pick up their numbers and their bibs, we, we, the first thing they got was a, was a mask. And then we asked them to take an online survey that verified that they didn't have any of the symptoms that they didn't have a fever. And then we actually had thermometers there and we, we zapped their foreheads to make sure that nobody did um, uh, have a fever. We had those at the start line as well. So people were getting checked, um, especially as they're coming in and picking up their items. Um, and so we did so, and then also even just our package pickup, um, we had it at Al's and we spaced it all out and we, we followed guidelines by both the CDC and also USA Cycling who had just released some guidelines on how to handle packet pickup safely. So we had places marked on the floor, you know, six feet apart. Um, and the other thing we did is we took a lot of the paperwork that we normally do. If you've been to an event, you usually get a bag full of goodies and flyers and everything like that. And instead of pre-packaging all of that, um, we had them laid out and as people came through and also they did online um, waivers instead of physical signing. So when they came through, we just, we pulled up their name, had gave them their bib number and said, all these items are for you. And here's a bag. You can pick up whichever ones you want. And so it just handled really, really quick. Um, and people weren't interacting with each other. We gave, the other thing we did is we usually had this big podium prizes at the end and people would stay around. Um, and instead we decided to award all of our prizes before the event. So we did a random draw of everybody's number and we gave away $10,000 worth of prizes before the event even happened. So if you came in, you got your bib. Um, once you got your stuff, you walked over to a prize table and your number would be on something and you just took it and, and were able to go. So, um, and then the last thing that we had to do to make the major change was, um, to remove the, uh, the festivities at the end. And that was the other big part of a grand fondo is that, you know, you have a podium and you have awards and you feed them, you know, uh, a meal and you just, you, you turn it into a carnival. And, and that's where we have always had a real positive level of feedback of writers coming in, man, I've never seen this before. This is phenomenal. And we had to change all that. We, we, we couldn't have them hanging around and, and taking pictures. So we, we, we didn't hire a photographer this year. We set up a podium so people could quickly take some um, selfies, but we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't order tables for them to sit down and have their meals. One thing we did that was kind of unique, and we, we kind of borrowed on some of the expertise of the local restaurants, is, is that we had, um, these guys have nailed uh, the whole takeout thing and curbside delivery, right? So, so we had Cafe Sabor, um, who did some items there, but it was prepackaged, grab and go. They did a little bit of, you know, customization. 
we had Swole Bowl, which is a which is a food truck, and they and they operated exactly the way they do at the different locations they have. And then we had Great Harvest Bread, which is 100% curbside. So um, when the riders came in, we gave them a card and said, "Here are your options," um, and it was almost a, an even split. So um, some of them hit the Swole Bowl there, the food truck. Some of them picked up the the items from um, Cafe Sabor and Cafe Sabor was only there on Saturday. On Friday, everything was pickup and curbside for them, or they went to Great Harvest and they could, they could do the pickup there. So um, feedback from the riders was, that was great. It still gave them the option that they could still get a nice meal. Um, and we still were able to stay compliant. So, so those are some of the big changes we made. Um, uh, and some smaller logistics. So I think those are the, the main, those are the main like eight to 10 things that we, that we said we would do and we mapped this out and then we followed through with it. So, you know, obviously the health and safety of, of the riders, spectators, the surrounding community um, is of the up, utmost importance. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that you, you know, went above and beyond to, to ensure that. Um, with that said, you, you knew that there were going to be a lot of precautions and a lot um, yeah you know, a lot of just additional work. And that's not to, to say it's not important, right? There's just a lot of extra stuff that, that needs to be done to ensure the safety and uh, of, of those participating. Um, with yeah. that said, it, it would have been easy to say, you know, we're, we're bagging it, right? We're not going to do yeah. it. I guess, why, why did you feel like that th this was something that, that needed to happen this year? What, why was that so important to you? Well, um, you're right. And we had that conversation like many times like wow it should be nice to just have a have have a summer without the event because it's a lot of work for my family and and the crew that i bring on um but i think when we the turning point for us is we had a a, a sit down meeting with the bear river health department leadership um we had county county executive leadership was there as well craig butters is just a he, he, he's a cyclist too so we kind of understood the mentality and and I was allowed to have a what if meeting with 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 those two those two groups together and said, you know, I, I we had the guidelines out in front of us, <laughs> and with the guidelines I had a plan. I'm just like, look, I'm not forcing this. I'm just saying, if we did these things, would we be compliant? And the meeting was very positive. Um, they listened to all the things, gave some great input and correctional changes to some things, and they're all things that we could we could do. And I walked out, um, you know, made a few phone calls to our sponsors and, and some of them, people kind of on my advisory board. And they're all like, well, Troy, if you got a green light, then go for it. You know, if, if you can, if, if you know you can make the community safe, you're compliant within those guidelines. Um, and, and, uh, um, and so at that point, we just said, let's do it. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be two extra days really because it really is two extra days not just one extra day because we have to extend packet pickup and we had to go out and pre-mark the course for two days and not just one day so we had to mark the course better and hope that nobody took our signs down so i had to change the way we hang signs i had to change the actual signs that we did so there were some costs associated with that and then um i had to make sure we had the right people in place that would be compliant with the rules and not just go, uh, I'm just not wearing a mask or I'm going to just do it my own way. So 
and we we found all those people and um uh we're also very liberal and open with our uh policy on refunds and um and on uh, deferrals if people felt didn't feel comfortable it was just a no questions asked we just okay do you want a refund do you want to defer do you want to donate and we i had a handful of people from out of state say you know what donate it to the cash valley mountain bike club um or to you know to whatever charity you think would be best and the, you know and, and i'm watching some of those groups that this is a fundraiser for and realizing that their numbers are going to be way down <laughs> too so um so that was nice when some of those riders said hey we'll just donate my my 60 bucks or whatever my my registration fee just just if you can give that to one of your charities would be good so um and i think that helped us out a lot there were a lot of people i think that felt you know when they contact us and say look i'm just i'm in that i'm in that high risk age group or i have somebody in my family that is and um what are my options and to just say hey i only want you here if you're comfortable with it um and um and would love to keep you we want to make you a long-term customer and so in some ways even though we lost quite a bit of revenue and quite a bit of registrations i think we still kept the customers um and i think we'll get them back in the future yeah with that said um you know you, you said last year you had how many riders 1500 we had over 1500 yeah um how many riders this year just just so, to, so for context had, at final day, we had 1,176 registered riders. Now, for events like this, you usually have, you know, 5% no-shows. We Our no-shows were probably closer to 7%. So we figured we had we had probably over the two days close to 1,000 riders, So which, which actually made us the largest cycling event in the United States. We found out wow. from, from both the USA Cycling Organization, who sanctions us, as well as the, the Olympic team and, and tour of Utah and all those things. And then also from our registration people, the bike reg, they're one of the biggest in the country. And, um, they're from the back East, uh, on, I think out of, I'm not either Massachusetts or anyway, one of the, one of the Northeastern, um, states, but they called and said, Hey, this, you know, you're, you were the biggest. So. Well, it's, it's really been interesting. Um, the last few months, um, just the whole conversation around that, you know, response to, to COVID. And um, I mean, it, in, in a lot of ways, it's become politicized, right? And there's, there's a lot of uh, yeah. conversation of, of economy over lives, right? And, and I, yeah. I really appreciate your approach, which has been, we're going to do everything possible to keep people safe and, and, and be careful and, and, take all the precautions, but <clears throat> also recognizing that this, this is an important event for um, the, not only for the community, right? The, the community aspect of an event like this, but the economic impacts, as you were talking about, um, you know, that you weren't able to buy from Lee's that hit me. It's like, wow, that's a local grocery store that didn't get your business, you know, in, you know, other years you'd be, you know, going to them instead of buying, um, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, there's the, a local economic impact, um, you know, well, from, and, from the and, things that you're buying to yeah. riders coming from out of town who, you know, especially when, when this is a qualifying race, right. 
yeah. you have people coming from all over the world, all over the country who maybe never had heard of Cache Valley before. And, and, you know, this is their first time coming in and riding it and experiencing it and um, spending their money here and then, and then moving on. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so from an economic perspective, um, I think it's important to, to emphasize, you know, how important these types of events are for our community. And, and I appreciate, um, you know, that, that people like you are trying to figure out, well, how do we ensure that these events, which are so important to our community, last into the future, um, but not at the expense of, of yeah. lives, right? And, and making yeah. sure that there's that balance. Well, one thing, one thing too, just uh, like with Lee's, the example he gave too, Lee's has been a long-term sponsor of ours. And so, you know, I, and I know they've been hit hard, just like everybody else has been hit. And I, you know, broached the subject with Jonathan Badger and his, and his management and said, hey, you know, we, we're going to need a little help this year. Are you still willing to be a sponsor? Absolutely. You know, they just generous, just yes, we, we want to be a part of it. And so we were able to uh, actually work with them and get some, some items from them. Um, and um, the one thing I do know, because I, I heard it directly from the riders, is that we're having a hard time finding a hotel room. So I know hotel rooms were full. It was so cool on that Thursday night, Friday night, driving around Logan as I'm picking things up and dropping things off and getting printing stuff and seeing all the cars with bikes on them at restaurants and in gas stations and, and driving around the city, you know, stopping to grab a bite that, that evening or, or to get something takeaway. Um, and so, um, and, and had the event been able to go off, especially the qualifier, the world qualifier, because the profile of those riders is is even different than the riders we had. They they usually come into your area for four to five days, not just one day or stay in one hotel, but for four or five days because they want to get acclimated. They want to know what the course looks like. They're going to race and compete, right? So they've come from, you know, Western Europe here. They want to make sure they know the course, what, you know, what the, what the weather's going to be like and do I need to have lots of water? Is it going to be hot? And then the cool other cool thing is, but they also stay in your region for 10 days to two weeks because most of them come over for holidays. So they'll go up to Jackson, they'll go down to, to see Zion, they'll go to Moab, those kind of things. And so us losing that group um, was, um, was, was, was an opportunity loss, right? But at the same time, um, we have these travel restrictions on and we don't want to bring people from all over the world, you know, here. So once they, they canceled the World Series, um, you know, I, obviously I start getting a little bit worried because it's, it's, it's revenue just shooting out as fast as I can push the refund button. But almost one to one, um, we were picking up new riders from the Wasatch Front and um, from other bike cycling clubs. And the, the word was getting out within the cycling community that, hey, these guys are going live. You know, we ran an ad in a couple of the cycling magazines and we did some stuff online, just, you know, mainly to the community, but the word got out. So for almost everyone I lost, I picked up another rider from either Cash Valley or the Wasatch Front. A few people from Wyoming, a few people from Idaho, you know, came down. But for the most part, our demographics just shifted. Like we had people come from, coming from like nine different countries and 24 states to suddenly Cache Valley, the Wasatch Front, and a few small locations, you know, around the state. And, and that happened almost in a two-week two week time. And um, so, uh, and they came up and they stayed in the hotels and, you know, and they ate in the restaurants and things like that. So, so our, our demographics changed. But I, 
without a question, there is an econ economic impact of these type of events, especially when you bring people in. Um, and in a normal year, and had this been the year that we thought it would have been, I believe our numbers would have been over 2,000 riders. I really do. Um, and I think that the community could truly have seen the, the positive impact on a, on a much greater scale. But Well, I think, you know, it, it's interesting to look at um, a race like the Cash Grand Fondo has been around for nine years. Is that right? Yeah, we, went, we just did our ninth year. Yeah, this is the ninth year. It's interesting to to look at an event like uh, Lodija, right? That's been around for they just 30, hit thirty. They hit thirty. 30 I think yeah. Um, and it's interesting to to see both local events, right? Um, and the impact that that an event you know that's close to ten years old, like that yours has on the community, and the impact that you know, a, a loaded job that's been around for 30 has on the community. Um, it, it just hits home to me the importance of incubating, supporting local events. It's, it's really hard to bring an event like the Tour of Utah to Logan, right? And that, that was even, uh, even an event that got canceled, right? The Tour of Utah got canceled. Really um, early too, super right. early. And so, you know, from, you know, from this conversation, I'm just realizing the, the value, the importance of um, people like yourself, people like Jeff Keller, right? Who start Lodija, um, you know, entrepreneurs are in our community, people who want to be here, who start something. Um, sometimes we take for granted the local people who build something and we get super excited when something from outside comes. Yeah. Um, right. Which is also significant, but, um, in a lot of ways it's, it's, it's the homegrown, um, events, businesses that, that have such a lasting impact on the community and they're not going anywhere, right? Because it's, yeah. it's people like yourself who want to be here and want to build it here and they have a commitment to it. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting from an events perspective, right? Well, These home events are so important. You and I were just talking, I mean, just quickly mentioned M Maloof, right? Um, build an amazing, incredible business here and we'll stay here. You know, icon, mm -hmm. icon as well. I mean, the impact of, of that business of, of two guys getting together and saying, Hey, we can do, we can do something cool. And, and there, and it, it is neat to see all these different companies that are, that are just, they're, they're entrepreneurs and they're spinning stuff out. My, my wife is, uh, has decided, you know, I want to go back and, um, and, and get back into my career. Our kids are kind of grown up and there's this, there's this company called Kimberbell that does quilting here in the Valley. And they're, incredibly successful within their industry they're 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 seen as having the highest quality and and most people don't even know they exist they're they're here in the valley they're growing year after year even among this all this craziness with covid they're finding new and innovative ways to reach out to their customers that that will probably transform the business and help them grow even more and um and and i think this community has a strong strong entrepreneurial spirit i really do um and a lot of those companies are having lasting impacts on, on the community. Do I'm Cam Chef, right? One of our sponsors for nine years. I mean, I don't know if you've driven by their facilities, but they they're they're triple the footprint they were just four or five years ago. And especially now that what's going on, people are cooking at home, <laughs> you know. Right. And that opens up a huge, huge area for a company like Cam Chef to just be the worldwide supplier in that in that. Um, industry. So the businesses here locally have just, uh, they really have done well, even amidst the, the COVID crisis, because they've right. been able to pivot, you know? Right. So, no, absolutely. Um, what, and, and what the local restaurants did, man, I yeah. mean, that was incredible. You take 
what Justin Hamilton and a few guys got together and said, Hey, we don't have a delivery service, but if we all work together, I mean, we can, we can, we can have all the business that the Valley's willing to give us and let's make it easy for them. And I mean, that was such an impressive entrepreneurial um, uh, case study that, because normally people like in that industry, it's just doggy dog. And instead they said, no, let's get together and figure out how we can make it work for all of us. And I mean, from a consumer perspective, I, I thought it was brilliant. So, right. Well, I think that's an outcome. I mean, by no means are we through any of this, right? But at least, you know, in the early stages here, I feel like I'm seeing just a return to kind of localism, right? This idea of, yeah. oh man, like my dollars really do make an impact. Um, you know, the, the, my neighbor who owns a business like really feels that, um, you know, when I spend dollars at the gardener's market, it stays here, right? And it's, it's helping my neighbor. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think people are starting to recognize that because we're seeing people in our community hurting right from this. Um, and, and that's the way that we can support, right, is, is using our dollars, using those stimulus checks, right, to, to, you know, obviously take care of our own needs, but go out and help, uh, you know, patronize and, and support businesses in the local area as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see if that trend continues. Um, I guess it depends on how long, you know, we're in this situation. Uh, but but I hope that's that's a lasting impact, right? Is this return to you know let's let's support people here in our community and what other people are building here? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So you know maybe to kind of wrap up the conversation a little bit, it's hard to predict the future. It's hard to know where we're going. I mean, every day, you know, every week feels like a year in some in some ways, depending on the week, right? Yeah. Um, and and things change so quickly. But where do you see the the future of of you know, races like the Grand Fondo, like you said, you were, you're one of the few bike races that's even happening in the, yeah. in the country. Um, and I know that you've had some different people reaching out to you about lessons learned and how it went. And I'm assuming that you're going to be a point of, of reference, a point of contact for people who want to put on events like this in the future or, or get their events back up and running and make sure to do it safely. So where, where do you kind of see the future of things moving? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's prophetic to say that we have to have a, we have to have, um, a, uh, a vaccine for this thing. Cause I don't think, I think without it, um, the level of just confidence and concern is just going to continue to, to, to grow. But, and it sounds like from, you know, as, as I've been doing my research and following, you know, trying to learn as much as I can about this is that I think that that's coming and it's coming at a pretty fast pace. And I, there's been a lot of good promise. So, so my hope is that next year there, there is a vaccine in place uh, for our event. You know, when we go in July, that we'll have figured out how to even more effectively protect ourselves against it and other issues like this. Um, and my hope is by next, you know, second Saturday in July, which is, which is our weekend, um, that we will be able to, you know, turn it all on again. We will make precautions um, uh, as we need to. But I think our level of confidence of, of being able to restructure an event and to try to be innovative is something I'm, I'm more motivated now to make our event even more special in the future. And, and who knows, I may not be able to have a license to be a worldwide qualifier. I don't know, I don't know if that series will continue. I, I, I have a three-year license right now. I'm, I'm certainly planning to be there, but I don't know will that change. But the one thing I do know is that, that we'll still put on a great event 
and we'll highlight and showcase Cache Valley. And it would have been cool, Chase, to have you come to the finish line because it was, and I'm this is I'm a marketer, so I'm a promoter. That this is not what's coming out. This is just more of just me telling and, and reporting. It was a love fest at, at the finish line. People were coming up emotional. Um, um, this has been an opportunity for me to ride with members of my family that we haven't ridden with before. Um, I had racers coming up to me so excited. Like this, we were able to compete over 100 miles. We haven't done that for a year. Um, they all hit personal bests. We had a group, this is incredible. We had a group that did 116 miles um, with 4,000 feet of elevation climb at an average of 24 miles an hour. Um, you wow. can't do that unless you work together in a group. And the reason they did 116 miles is because there was a bad, bad car accident just outside of Tremont. And when they got to that location, instead of waiting there, we diverted them an extra 12 miles around the event. And they still came in really excited. And as a race director, when you have to add miles onto a course, people are hot. And they come in angry. And these guys were over the moon. It didn't matter. It was so awesome. We were able to still compete, still be able to ride. And we had, we had groups from, um, from Salt Lake come up. The, the, the Zions Bank Club came. They put 70 people into our event. Um, and they all came up and rode. We had the Team Live Well, which is out of Ogden and Salt Lake. We had 123 of their riders that were in, in the event. We had Logan Race Club, which had, they traditionally always have 40, 50 riders. We had a new club that was uh, the Fat Boys Club, which is also a team club with Maloof. And there was 40, 50 riders in that. At least that's what it felt like because we saw their jerseys everywhere. And so I think everybody got what they needed out of the event. And I get kind of emotional because I talk to those people and they're like, hey, this was so awesome. Thank you for doing it. And, um, you know, you're all masked up, so you can't see the smiles. All you see is just the, you know, emotion through the eyes. But um, uh, it's just affirmation after affirmation after affirmation that we, that we did it right and that we, we sort of had the guts to do it. And, um, and that's, what I'm, that's what I'm proud of. Sorry, I've, I, didn't, I didn't expect to get a little emotional. But, but, um, but it, was a cool, it was a cool day. It was a really cool day. So. Well, I, I think that's a, a great place to, to wrap it up. And, you know, you can obviously tell you know, how much you put into this um, and put into this community. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate, uh, you know, the, the care you put into it, um, you know, into this event, into the people that, that are participating, the precautions. Um, I think it's a model, you know, for, for, you know, maybe, maybe how we can move forward through this, right. And ensure that, you know, life doesn't stop completely, but, but we also make sure to take care of each other. Right. Cause that's, that's so critical during this time. Um, yeah. but, uh, we we're just so lucky to have the event here in the community and, uh, you know, everything that you're contributing to the community as well. So we appreciate it. Can, can I add one thing too? Um, of course. The, the, the truly, um, and I'm not just paying this out, um, you know, kind of at the end of the end of the conversation, but really our sponsors had, I had, they not been behind us. I, I've used that word confidence several times. That was kind of the tipping point for us where we sat back and looked, okay, we have, we have the County that's, 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 that's showing us that, you know, they're supportive. If we can follow these guidelines, uh, the cash Valley chamber of commerce have been behind us, Al sporting goods, um, the Utah sports commission. That was a big one. Um, you know, they don't have any events in Cache Valley that they support, really. And so to have 
you know, we're the Cache Valley event for the Utah Sports Commission. And they were like, hey, if you can find a way to do it, you totally have our support. Intermountain Healthcare, you know, they, they, they've, I mean, this started as an Intermountain Healthcare event. Well, in my mind, it's still an Intermountain Healthcare event. And Icon Health and Fitness, which, you know, said, yeah, go ahead and get the, go ahead and get the writer's prizes. We're, we'll, we're, we'll stay with you. We'll, you know, we'll continue to commit that, those funds. So, so get them here. You know, even if you have to, you get canceled, mail them out or whatever, right? So one after another, after another, each of those um, sponsors, and we have 40 local sponsors from Watkins Printing to doing our printing to Camp Chef that helps us with prizes and Joyride Bikes and Sportsman. I mean, all these great local businesses. Um, that, that to me was the economic confidence behind doing this is that they all had committed, hey, we're with you. You know, um, I go, you know, if, if you feel like you can do it, go forward and we, and you have our financial commitment and, and quite frankly, I needed every penny of that, that commitment, um, just to cover those, those costs of medals and shirts and prizes and food. And, and I mean, our food bill was a factor. I mean, went up like by a factor of 10 because we had to, you know, have all these special food items, but, um, that, that to me also is a testament of even in tough times where those businesses who are having tough times still said, no, this is an important event. We'll support you. And, um, and I think that's a good, that, that's just a good, um, uh, uh, I don't know, example of why this community is special and probably why I love living here. And I shared this with the USA cycling people and they said, what do you think there were some of the key issues, some of the, the key factors of why you're able to do it? And, and I, you know, went over the stuff we've talked about, but I said, but well, we also have a pretty incredible business community here and, and just the individuals that are, um, they're generous, they're, 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 we're rule, we, we are rule obeyers. We really are like, like when we told people, put your masks on, like I didn't have anybody defiantly saying, oh, I will not, but boom, they put it on, you know, um, we said, put it in your, put it in your pocket when you're riding, they all had them in their pockets when they rode. So they go to the support stations, they pulled them out, you know? Um, but, um, and so I said, we, I, I, I just think we have kind of a, a special community that, um, that, that could make this work. And, um, so, uh, anyway, so I, I, I just, I, I, I felt like this whole conversation wouldn't be complete if I didn't, I didn't at least acknowledge those great people and great businesses and, and how much I appreciated it. Cause that, that was the confidence that really was a tipping point for me to say, okay, let's go ahead and do this crazy plan and, and make it work. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I, I think that's a, a perfect way to wrap it up, right? It's like the motivation behind these conversations is, is we want to talk with, with those special people, right? Who make this community what it is. Um, and, and glad that, that you're a part of it and all those, those sponsors who helped to make the event go. So Troy, uh, glad you're doing well. Uh, glad that the the event went went off and 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 was was great as well. And and again, thanks for all that you do for the community. You're welcome. Thanks, Chase. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Thanks for listening to the Cash Valley Insider. Subscribe and listen wherever podcasts are found, and don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Learn more about the Cash Valley Chamber and become a member at cashchamber.com.